Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, aims to provide general information and insights about dementia and related topics. The content shared is not intended to be medical advice or a substitute for professional medical or clinical guidance. The purpose or goal of this podcast series is to help inform and educate family members considering memory care for a loved one. With us, as always, is Elizabeth Thompson, Arrow Senior Living Regional Director of Memory Care. Welcome. I'm Charlie Johnson, your host. Well, greetings to you, Elizabeth. Uh, you look well rested today. <laughs> Thank you. So do you. Well, you must have had a good night's sleep. I did. I, I sleep really good. Sleep is very important to me. Well, hopefully we can both stay awake because <laughs> this session is de- dedicated to the importance of sleep, especially for people living with dementia. So sleep is something that we all have in common. Some of us are better at it than others, but it's mostly taken for granted until it becomes elusive. So sleep is seldom discussed. So Elizabeth, why do you think it is important to talk about sleep? Well, I think it's important for us to understand the changes that are going on with the person living with dementia as far as sleep, but it's also important for us to talk about sleep in regards to healthy brains as well. Hmm. Okay, all right. So why is sleep important for people living with dementia? It's important for them just like it's important for us. However, it's more challenging for them. Um, The hippocampus which is if you were to push about two inches in on your temple, you would find the hippocampus, and that's where your memory maker is, but it's also what tells us that it's daytime and nighttime. And that's not working for the person who has dementia in most cases. And so they don't know when it's daytime and when it's nighttime. And, And they depend on us, their caregivers, to help them determine if it's day or night. Um, And also, we have different phases of of our sleep for for healthy people, for anyone. We have the falling asleep, we have the light sleep, we have deep sleep, and then we have REM sleep, okay? The uh, The rapid eye movement sleep. For a healthy brain, when we transition from falling asleep to light sleep, we stay asleep. Our, our brains know. It's almost like shifting gears. They just know right where to go. But for someone with dementia, their brain has a hard time and, and shifting into the next phase of sleep. And so they will wake up. So <clears throat> for people that are living with dementia, like let's say someone living in our neighborhood, they may get to sleep. But before they get into that next phase of sleep, their brain gets confused and they wake up. And, and we're like, it's still nighttime, you know, you need to go to sleep. And they're thinking, well, I just did. I woke up, it's morning time now, mm-hmm. but it's only been two hours. Okay, okay. So, so a couple of questions I wanna ask. First of all, is there a certain stage in the dementia process that, that you start seeing the problems with sleep? That's a good question. There are so many variables that allow us to sleep well or allow us not to sleep well. Um, whether we're healthy, healthy brains or people who have dementia. Um, there are certain types of dementia that sleep is really a struggle for. People with Parkinson's, Lewy body dementia, they have a really hard time uh, sleeping at all. And if 
if anything, they probably don't get into that REM sleep stage. Um, so as far as seeing it on a timeline, like when is this going to happen to my loved one who has dementia, it really just depends. Okay. So uh, another follow-up uh, to what you had mentioned earlier, you know, you were talking about, you know, the different stages of sleep itself. Mm -hmm. and, and your example, I think, was from, from going to sleep to light sleep, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. Is that normally uh, the time uh, or the, the period of sleep that they wake, or, it, or could it happen between any of the stages? It could happen between any of the stages. So, so has there ever been a study done that you're aware of that, that you would know which, uh. between which stage it happens the most? I'm sure there has. Okay. Um, I don't know the answer to that, though. All right. Okay. Yeah, but it could happen during any of them. Okay. But so is this typical um, for people living with dementia to, to have this change in their sleep pattern? Yes, very typical. So, so what would you say, what percentage of, of people with dementia? Just, just a guess. I know, I know you don't have I a number. I would say 75% uh, okay. as a guess. So three-fourths of the people that have dementia are at some point during their dementia journey will likely have a problem with sleep. Correct. Okay. Correct. There's actually um, certain types of dementia where you see the sleeping issues first before you see some of the other dementia-type symptoms. So, so it can, can even be a symptom of dementia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Really? Now, now that's new on me. That's a new one. Okay. You popped out a new one on me today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what impact can, can sleep disturb, disturbances have on their overall well-being? Um, it's, it's very similar to a lack of sleep on, on a healthy brain um, as, as far as impact goes. Um, it, it's just for a healthy brain, we know how to manage the problems that come up better than someone who has an unhealthy brain, a dementia brain. So if I if I have someone who is living with dementia and, and they could maybe go three days without sleep and they're going to be more likely to fall, they're going to be more agitated, they're going to have a loss of balance, um, they, they, that is going to weaken their immune system. Um, there's a lot of things that happens when we sleep, when we get good sleep, that's not happening for someone who's not sleeping well. Uh, an example is, so when we go to sleep and we get into that deep sleep mode and, and even REM sleep, our brains, our healthy brains actually shrink. They shrink a little bit and they are able to remove all the toxins that have built up during the day. So if we aren't getting that good deep sleep, our brain isn't ever cleaning itself of the toxins that build up during the day. And toxins equal inflammation, and inflammation in long term is hard on the brain. It causes brain cells to die. So it's essential that we're getting good sleep. So we can relate that to individuals even without dementia. Correct. Right. So, so I mean, I for the most part, I sleep pretty well. But about once a week, I usually have a night that I don't sleep well, uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. But, but as you also had mentioned, I'm able to, um, what was the word you used, 
uh, to handle it or to, to regulate to compensate. it. Because, uh, compensate because the next night, then I likely go to bed a little bit earlier because I'm, I'm tired and I'm sleepy and I go to bed a little bit earlier. To make, and make up for, to compensate for that, where individuals with dementia don't know to do that. Right. Would that be a good example yes. of that? All right. And you also hit on this as well, uh, talking about cognitive function, I think, mm-hmm. would, would be a way to describe it. And when you're talking about uh, uh, individuals with dementia, you know, if they don't get their sleep, they're likely to fall, there could be accidents. And so uh, certainly not getting enough sleep can impact uh, uh, their overall uh, well-being when it comes to cognitive function. Correct. Can, can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, really, anything um, related to health, when, when someone's living with dementia, we want them to be as healthy as possible because that is going to give us their cognitive function at its peak level. Okay, so if someone is lacking in sleep, their cognitive function is going to drop. If their blood pressure is too high, cognitive function is going to drop. Oxygen too low, cognitive function is going to drop. All of these things make us whole and healthy. Um, So sleep is just one more thing that can cause that cognitive uh, function to decline if they're not getting a good amount of sleep which most people living with dementia don't get good sleep. Okay. So how do these sleep disturbances influence um, uh, behavioral symptoms that, that, that are associated with dementia? Well, let's go back in time a little bit, Charlie. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna take us a trip. We're gonna take us a trip. Okay. To your college days. Oh you my were, you know, I've tried to forget some of those years. You were young and a, just a whippersnapper, but there were some times that you probably had some pretty good all nighter parties. Uh, I, I had a couple. I tried not to put too many of them in a row. Well, that's that's good. How'd you feel the next day? Oh, well, there's a couple of them I'm still trying to recuperate <laughs> from, and, and that's been uh, 40-some years ago. Right. So same for people with dementia, except it can be even more extreme because they are so much more sensitive to different different stimuli. So if they are not getting a good night's sleep, they are going to be more prone to being restless, anxious, irritable, uh, just like we would be. Mm. Okay. It's just uh, just more so. Just more so, and, right. And it just takes them longer to, uh, to recuperate and, yeah. and to become back to their normal, what, what's normal for them. Right, yeah. right. And typically, I mean, adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep. After age 60, it's usually a little bit less. Um, more than anything, it's because that interruption of having to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night as we get older. But um, for most of us, we can lay back down and go right back to sleep. But sometimes for people with dementia, once they're up and on, it's very hard to transition back into that sleep. Mm-hmm. I know, um, and, and again, referring back to, to the uh, engagement plans, oftentimes I'll read uh, that, that individuals commonly wake 
in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. often think, think it's morning, uh, may even get dressed mm -hmm. uh, and come out into the community thinking that it's, it's morning and, and it's time to go. It may only be 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. They may yeah. have only been in bed a few hours, uh, but, but to them, they woke up and it's time to get up and get around. And so, again, I just uh, reiterate that I see that's pretty common, and I see that quite a bit uh, on their reports. So explain a little bit and uh, expand on the relationship between sleep and physical health. There have been studies done that show that people who don't get good sleep are more at risk for obesity, for um, even cancers, different types of diseases. Um, sleep is like this, I, I don't know why I always use cars because I'm not like some car person at all, but I think on another podcast I talked about an oil change, but sleep for our brains and our overall health is like a, a, a fresh oil change. We're getting rid of all those toxins in our bodies throughout our body, not just our brain. Um, and, and when we don't have that, that's just building up inside of us. Um, you know, I think for people living with dementia, it's important that we do everything in our power to help them get a good night's sleep. Um, and that looks different for each individual, but that routine and, and, and for all of us having a bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. well, I think you've hit on this, but I, I'm gonna reiterate this again and see if you have anything else to add. The importance of sleep as it relates to healthy brains. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so t tell me, let, let's start. Is there something you want me to say about a healthy brain? <laughs> tell me about the importance of sleep as it relates to healthy brains. So um, again, if we aren't getting a good night's sleep, our brains aren't able to get rid of all of those toxins. Um, that over time is going to create uh, and brew an unhealthy brain. Um, that's why it's important for people who have sleep disorders to get checked out. Um, do a sleep study. A lot of the sleep studies now you can do in your own home. Um, but if you need a CPAP machine, use it, use it regularly. Because what happens for people with um, sleep apnea, you know, there's a lack of oxygen to the brain when, when they're going through those spells during the middle of the night. So find out that that's going on and get it fixed. So, so that leads me to uh, this question. Do you have uh, individuals in your memory care neighborhoods that utilize CPAP machines? Very few, very few. Um, Biggest reason is probably because they would not, they would fight with it, forget that they needed it. It's almost like people who have dementia and they're in mid-stage dementia and they, they may have had a walker for the last 10 years, but they don't remember to get their walker when they leave their apartment. And, you know, I, and I've thought of that question before. I, I actually use a CPAP. And, okay. And I can't sleep without it. Yeah. And so I, I've wondered about, about individuals, you know, in, in the memory care if they used them or not. Yeah, it's very rare that we we see them. Um, most of the time when someone moves in to our memory care, uh, they're further along, um, which is not always ideal, but they're further along in their disease process and, and they aren't able to remember that that's supposed to be on their face at night. Sure, I can see that. 
So are there certain things that, that we as caregivers can do to help our, our loved ones living with dementia to get better sleep? Are there certain things that, that can be done? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's two ways to, to, to see this. We're going to look at the physical things, but then also the environmental. Um, are we closing their blinds? Is it dark in their room? Um, studies have shown that people sleep better in a cooler room. Uh, so if it's too warm, that's going to make them get up or they're going to toss and turn. So is, is the room the right temperature? Um, if we're going to have a nightlight on, make sure it's just a nightlight, not a full-blown lamp, because it makes our brains harder to shut down when there's any bit of light. Um, making sure uh, that it's quiet. You know, if, if their room is by a busy street or something, let's do a white noise machine, which I am a huge fan of. I sleep with a noise machine. I actually take it in my luggage everywhere I travel because I, I used to like to sleep with a fan on, and I still like a fan, but when you go to a hotel, you don't have a ceiling fan. <laughs> so I use my white noise machine, and it's great even in my camper. So they're inexpensive on Amazon. Those are great for people with dementia. Um, have they gone to the bathroom right before bed? Um, you know, have they had a routine that is signaling it's time for bed? Maybe some relaxing. We change our tone of voice. Um, I'm not going to come into your apartment and say, are you ready for bed? Because that's not going to, that's going to really confuse your brain. Um, but, you know, we start talking in a, in a lower, more calm tone. Um, music, maybe they like music playing for a little bit. We're not going to give anybody with dementia or even ourselves, we shouldn't be giving ourselves caffeine late in the day because that's going to also play a part in how we sleep at night. Um, certain foods that are very spicy may cause someone to have indigestion at night. So um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to have that too, too late in the day. Um, certain routines for different people look at their history what do they like what what makes them relax maybe it's a foot rub or a hand massage um, maybe it's sitting in a chair for an, an hour before they decide to lay down maybe they like to read a book or watch a little tv but just that winding down time it sounds like i heard routine mentioned multiple routine 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 multiple times yes in there. and and of course uh, i i think it probably would be important to have a a routine bedtime. Yes. Uh, going oh. to the bed uh, at the same time every night. But, you know, one thing that you had mentioned, or it came to mind anyway, as you were talking, you know, talking about the lower voice and things, but wouldn't maybe folding the bed back, uh, the, mm -hmm. the covers back, you know, to, as a kind of an indicator that, you know, we're getting ready without actually saying, saying you know, anything. we're going to bed, mm -hmm. but just to fold the covers back, mm -hmm. you know, to say, you know, I'm getting the bed ready. You know, that, that to me would be an indicator that, you know, it's almost time to go to bed. You know, I think, I think that would be good. Knowing your person is, is huge. I mean, I, I think about this a lot because I deal with families that are struggling and and even care partners who are who are having challenges and I, I even think about like myself like what is kind of my routine and and when we're seeing signs of dementia we need to write those things down before it's too late like you know my big thing is I like to shower at night 
that just I, I like to be clean when I get in my bed. Um, you know, I always brush brush my hair. My hair's all brushed out. You know, it, it, there's just certain things. I always put hand lotion on and my wrinkle cream and my my lip balm. I mean, those are just things that I'm not going to know it's time to bed unless I've done those. Mm-hmm. Well, I know one of the big things in in the memory care neighborhoods for Arrow is is hydration and nutrition, mm-hmm. and so certainly it's important that that uh, residents as well as folks at home that they they aren't hungry uh, when they go to bed, they aren't thirsty when they go to bed. I know you mentioned going to the restroom. You know, she obviously should be part of the routine, but you don't want to go to bed hungry. You don't want to go to bed thirsty. You know, you don't want them waking up in the middle of the night thirsty or hungry, mm-hmm. you know. So I think, you know, that's important, too, you know, as, as part of the, what is it? Routine. routine. There you, go. you know, as part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's an important part of that. Now, one thing that you haven't mentioned is medications. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the use of medications for individuals with dementia and then I want you to follow up with what are some of the side effects of medications? So it depends on, I mean, there's so many medications. Um, as far as medications that you can take to help sleep, yeah. Um, I always like to say start with like melatonin, something that's natural. Um, for healthy brains, our, our brains actually release melatonin, but in an unhealthy brain, a brain that's dying, um, it doesn't, it's so confused on what time of day it is, it doesn't know to release. Um, and so melatonin is something that's natural that can help someone sleep. Um, there are other medications like trazodone and mirtazapine, which is actually an appetite. Um, it's supposed to help increase your appetite, but it'll also help you sleep at night. Um, there are a lot of side effects um, to those stronger medications um, as far as like it can cause them to become very dizzy and lightheaded and fall. Uh, so you've got to you've got to be so careful. Everything, it, it, so much of dementia is, well, which one's going to be worse? You know, not getting sleep or or you know not taking this medication. Um, you kind of have to weigh your options to see what's what's best. Well, it certainly sounds like something that should be discussed with the, the doctor. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. About, you know, you know, and how how much sleep are they or are they not getting? You know, mm-hmm. and what are are, are the options, you know, what are the side effects and, and really needs to be weighed out. What are the risks and what are the benefits? Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of different types of dementias, um, there are certain medications that you can't take um, because they can have very, very negative um, consequences. Uh, you know, I also think being able to, if you have someone who is incontinent, having them in a really good brief that's going to stay dry on their skin for most of the night is important. Um, I'll throw a shout out there to a company called Seni, S-E-N-I. They have a product that is more expensive, um, but so worth it because you use so many less uh, briefs than you would with your typical depends or whatever else and they are great um, on the skin and keep the skin dry to help eliminate some of that uh, skin breakdown from being wet overnight so even if you only used the more expensive ones at nighttime that would be an added benefit to help someone sleep very good good information 
We talked about healthy brains earlier. So how do healthy brains get better sleep? It's very similar to someone with dementia, routine. Uh, you know, going to bed at the same time every night. I mean, there's always going to be things that go on on the weekends or holidays, but for the most part, you're going to bed at the same time every single night. You've got a dark room. You um, have gone to the bathroom before you get into bed. Um, you've, you've, you've got a full tummy. Um, exercise throughout the day, making sure that you're getting exercise throughout the day and that you're hydrating throughout the day, limiting your caffeine. Um, all of those things. Meditation. There's lots of different things that you can try to help sleep. And a lot of our smartwatches now have, you know, they can let us know how we're sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of it's just routine, common sense. Take care of yourself. Yes. Get your rest. Yes. Isn't it? Very good. So, Elizabeth, do you have any final comments you'd like to add to, uh, to our podcast today regarding sleep? Sweet dreams. <laughs> sweet dreams uh, sweet dreams yeah. to you as well well thank you, no, you, you uh, thank you for, for your stimulating conversation <laughs> uh, and, you know I didn't doze off a single time oh well like good <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank you all uh, for sharing your time with us at Aero Senior Living we believe in the power of a chuckle maintaining a childlike sense of wonder and defending the dignity of others until next time, this is Charlie Johnson with Arrow's Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, wishing you fond memories filled with moments of joy. And remember, if you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia. You can find Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.